I'm Kirk Cousins, and you're listening to The Gridiron Show. You like that? Uh, presented by Small Trans. <laughs> We're on Radio Row. I will explain why this intro is a part of the This is utterly ridiculous. Uh, will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, Matt Sherry, and Liam Blackbird sat on Radio Row at. 10.20 on Monday night. Uh, it's like 6.20am. We promised this would be out in the morning by the time people woke up, and I'm not sure it's going to be anymore, Matt Sherry. Uh, we have had a few technical difficulties getting the show up and running. That is all on me. I'll take that one. Uh, but otherwise, it's been quite a successful day. Three of us have been awake for approximately in the 24, 25-hour mark right now. Ollie did have a bit of a snooze on the bus and uh, snored like a little homeless man, as is his way. And uh, otherwise... <laughs> We had a really fun day. Are you going to take that one as as often as your best friend's girlfriend takes (laughs) (laughs) yours? That's one. There we go. Right. So we uh, don't even know how to handle this. Why is it called Radio Row? It doesn't. There's no rows. Uh, uh, these, these are pretty distinct yeah but I was expecting right like now. one long row like, a, and then a red carpet the other side and what? then people would just walk down and then come towards us what we're going to do for the listeners back home is take a photo of the um, seven table long row that we're currently <laughs> sat on <laughs> and just get people to judge for themselves whether or not that counts as a row and, yeah. and several rows in fact to be honest but uh, where are we Will? Uh, we're in San Francisco. It is Super Bowl week. This is really exciting. We've got a fantastic show coming up for you today. We have Kirk Cousins. Uh, he spoke to Max Whittle in London. Uh, yep, that's right. We flew all the way to San Francisco, and then our first guest is going to be on <laughs> from London. <laughs> but then we also attended Media Day today, and we're going to hear from uh, Panther Safety Kirk Coleman. We're going to hear from uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Obviously, he's missed this season, but he had some really interesting things to say. And we said somebody else as well we are going to put in there, but I don't for the life of me remember who it was now. Shaq Thompson. Let's put some Shaq Thompson in there. No, Why not? who was it? <laughs> I feel like we had somebody really good. Look, we've got some really good stuff lined up for the... Oh, JB Smoove we're going to put in there yeah. from, uh, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Smooth. Big fan of his. He was really good fun. Basically, we've got... Uh, was um, he wearing glasses? Uh, he was, yeah. He was wearing shades. Uh, have you ever seen the great Kerben episode where Larry David brilliantly <laughs> points out that white people revere black men in glasses? <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is absolutely. There was a lot of revering of JB Smooth. I love the way you say Kev. It's great. Kev. So, yeah, we arrived in San Francisco this afternoon at about half two, got picked up from the airport. Basically, Ollie spent the entire flight not sitting next to me because as we went through customs, he decided to go to the guy and say, "Um, I don't want to sit next to my friend anymore. Can you find me an aisle seat somewhere else on the plane, please? And he did. He got moved eight rows back from me and to the other side of the plane, as far away from me as he possibly could have been. It really was as far away as it possibly could have been. It was a good flight. I drank a lot of wine and it got me through. When I, I popped by to see Ollie halfway through and he was telling me about how incredible Black Mass was because in his very drunk state and then at the end of the flight he went, do you really like it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it wasn't great. Minions uh, was the best movie I watched on the flight. Uh, good, that's yeah. great. With all due Top respect, stuff. Will, I'm, I'm not sure you'd be a brilliant person to sit next to on an airplane. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know what you mean, mate. Neither do I. 
so we need to kind of discuss what we're going to talk about here because we've got an amazing week coming up. We've got so many great guests who are going to be joining us sat here right at our point on Radio Row. And we've got an amazing spot here. I mean, I look ahead of us. Sirius XM have got all their huge studios over there. You've got the CBS Sports Network, who, of course, are the live broadcasters for this year's game, just over to our right-hand side. And then you've got this huge area of shops and fan area over behind us. It's, uh, it, it, it's stunning, but... The problem is, is that tomorrow at this time when we're recording, there'll probably be about three thousand people packed in here. Yep. Right now, there's about fifteen, uh, and we are the only saddos who are sat here doing work at this hour. It's the calm before the storm, isn't it, at the moment? What were people's thoughts on uh, Super Bowl opening night? Oh wow! <laughs> it's all right, Liam. It was really intense. Don't you think? And it, but basically, we went to what was the play, the name of the stadium, which took about an hour and a half the to South get to Center. where an ice hockey team play the San Jose Sharks, so them as well. And the the rink was covered, and then you had a load. I'm of... I'm really glad the rink was covered because that would have been that, 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 nice. that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> the rink was covered, and then you had a, a load of you had a load of players. I think there was ten players plus. Uh, uh, wrong. <laughs> Plus, I'm just plus sorry. I'm just imagining Peyton Manning just skating into the centre <laughs> of ice. Hi guys. I know I can't throw anymore, but I can still go on ice. Does a little, uh, little triple lutz or whatever. Yeah. Good. That was clean. <laughs> can you name any other moves? A waltz. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a dance. Double a double dance. lutz. A dance. What what is a lutz? The oh, lutz for those ah, there's an axle. Know. There's an axle something. Not a foley. There's like a there's a, a move where you where it's an axle. I think it's where you dig in your your your, your the front of your skate and then you flick Can, and do oh, two things. turns. Can you explain to me what a lutz is? And secondly, why would ice hockey players be doing triple lutzes? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking of figure skating. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but imagine Peyton Manning doing some figure skating moves. That would be quite funny. It would be. The spotlight shining off that beautiful huge forehead. Yeah. Where he injected all of the HGH. Allegedly. Allegedly. Whoa. Um, you tell him that tomorrow. But, but to be fair, we, we actually missed the Broncos part of Media Day entirely. Uh, thank you for the confirmation, Matt Sherry. Uh, we, we managed to... Are you in the air still? But, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting off the plane and getting a phone call from Matt Sherry going, I assume you're off the airplane then. Like, yes, I'm speaking to you on the phone. I'm pretty sure. That's it. Water has literally gone everywhere. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous podcast we've ever done. This is worse than the Thanksgiving or whatever it was post-international series I Love Willie yeah. podcast that we did that was truly dreadful. I told you never, ever to speak of that again. <laughs> well, it, I've he's, spoken. He's moved on really to his uh, mess with it's messes uh-huh. now, though, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> so we are... Too. Uh, so we went down to the media. We spoke to a bunch of players. That was really good fun. Uh, who did you particularly enjoy speaking to, Ollie Hunter? I enjoyed you speaking to Kurt Coleman. Kurt Coleman was... In interviewing you at the end. Yeah. I mean, you'll hear it in a bit, but... Uh, well, we can... Do you want to hear it now? Let's hear it now. We can work this in our magic right at this moment. This podcast is going to need so much editing. It's ridiculous. So I've been on, you know, several teams where um, you have a couple guys that click. Not everyone clicks. I think this whole... Not just as a DB unit, but as a whole team, we click. I think that's a great job and testament to Gettleman, bringing the right guys with high character like myself. But also, you know, what uh, Coach Rivera's really been building for these past five years. I mean, it's not simple. You go through people, you have talented players that have bad character. And that doesn't always mix. I think we have the right mix of guys with 
older guys with veteran leadership guys like Peanut, like Rome, younger guys like Trey Boston, like Benet Benawickery. I mean, we have a, the right group, and that's why we've been successful. Hey, how crazy is this? This is awesome. I, I didn't know fans were here, and actually, until I just walked out of here. So. This is pretty cool. Um, I think this is an awesome, if you're a fan of the NFL, or particularly our teams, this is a great moment to be a part of this. Jackers have been called the most disrespected one-loss team in NFL history. What do you think about that? It, it's, it, it's the opinions of others. I, I think we've always believed in ourselves. Um, when, we, when people were saying we, we weren't the toughest scheduled playing team at undefeated, it's, everything's been said from the worst team, worst one-loss team to – now we're a good team. I mean, look, I think this team has always believed in ourselves. I think from the moment we uh, got together in OTAs, we had a defensive meeting or cookout at Thomas Davis's house to training camp. This has been a, just a great special group. And no matter what's been said, we've always believed in ourselves, and that's what's carried us through all the tough times. What do you think of Teddy Williams? Teddy Williams? Thief in the night. I want everyone to know he was the fastest man in the world for how many months? Three and a half months. Three and a half months. <laughs> Seriously. So, uh, no, Teddy's been a great, great addition yeah. to it. He's created a lot of turnovers on special teams. He's a great, great person. This is the reason why we've been successful, like guys like Teddy. Can I just ask okay. Peyton Manning? We know his arms. Wait, wait, hold on. Where are you from? London. London. Yeah, what part of London? From, uh, South London, so an area called Tooting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, wait, say uh, that, uh, the, Tooting? Tooting. Oh. I like it. In is, London, is it a beautiful yeah. place? It is. It's a, a diverse place. Okay. I like that. Uh, um, I like that. I want to know, we see Peyton Manning's arm strength, and we see that he, he's not going to be throwing long, and you guys seem to like it when a guy throws in front of the defense. You can jump those routes, you can close quickly. Do you see a lot in Peyton this weekend that makes you think you're going to add to those interceptions this weekend? I don't think we can uh, really say that he's going to not be able to throw it deep. I mean, with two weeks of rest, um, I think Peyton and the whole team is going to be able to have a great game plan. I mean, when you have two weeks to prepare for any team, your game plan is a lot more efficient. The details of your work... And obviously the weaknesses that you see in other teams come out a little more because you have more time to prepare. I think um, what they do best is they're going to run the ball and then it's going to set up the play-action pass game. It's going to set up the, the, the wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, DT, and then you got the tight ends. I mean, they, they got a lot of weapons. So I'm not worried about what he can do. I'm worried about what he can do, and he's a, he's a very efficient quarterback. And we've seen you guys play a lot of cover two, cover three this season. Are we going to see a few more interesting looks? Are you going to try to bring some pressure on Peyton? We know if he's put under pressure, then he can get, try to get rid of the ball quickly. He's been making mistakes. I can't, I can't give you what, I, what we're doing. <laughs> what, I, what I'll tell you is this. We're going to play fast. We're going to be physical like we've done all year. And then when we have the opportunity to make plays, we got to be able to come around and make turnovers because in the Super Bowl, turnovers can make and break a team. So if we have the opportunity to make a play, we got to make them pay. And finally, we had a really good chat with Josh Norman earlier this season. He was drafted late out of a small school. We've got guys like Roman Harper, cut by the Saints, Charles Tillman, cut by the Bears. It seems like a unit that's come together from a bunch of guys that other people almost didn't want. Mm-hmm. How have you managed to create such a special unit in the backfield from this, from this group of players? I would say, I mean, first and foremost, it's love for one another and the trust factor that we have. Um, the trust factor in our game plan with our coaches, the trust factor that we have in each other when we're out in that field. Um, there's no really mental breakdowns, and that's why no, pe- no teams are really beating us with the big plays. Obviously, they get paid, so every team's going to make a play, but we're not beating ourselves out in that football field.
Kirk, good luck this weekend, man. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hey, did you go to the NFL games this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so those? I cover the entire series good. every game, yeah. Are you, big fo- are, you, are you a big football fan? <laughs> yeah, so we do a radio show out in the UK on the BBC. Okay. And we do a podcast as well, so we're out here covering it for kind of how, how, both of those. Is, is it growing out there in London? Yeah, massively. I'm interviewing you now. No, is, uh, that's absolutely fine. We can do that. This is they're very usual. It definitely is. Like, you see, they sold out three games last year, 90,000 okay. fans for every game. So, awesome. you know, it's a huge... It's it's. Other than the Cowboys, when they expand that stadium, it's the biggest stadium that the NFL has in the regular season. And the players who come over describe it as like a Super Bowl atmosphere. You see fans in every different jersey, whether it's a Panthers jersey, whether it's a Browns jersey, whether it's, you know, everyone is represented. And um, I think what you find as well is the British fans have become more intelligent the last few years. They know to make noise on third downs. They know to be quiet when their team's on offense. They've (laughs) they've learned that now, which they maybe didn't know five years ago when the game first came over. So, yeah, we love it. That's good. I I honestly, I, I hope eventually. I get a chance to go out to Europe. I would love to get out there and obviously play, but keep it going. Keep keep the and the fans engaged. I think it's going to be international soon, and you you guys are going to lead the way in Europe. Fingers crossed. Thank, yeah, you. thank you very much for your time, man. Kurt Coleman, safety of the Carolina Panthers. There was he the inception leader this season? I was about no, to I make that, that claim, but I think it, he was one was off. Reggie Nelson. Reggie Nelson, maybe. Yeah. I feel like it was Reggie Nelson. Uh, Marcus Peters was up there. He was leading rookie. I don't know. Charles yeah. Woodson had a few. Anyway, Kirk Reeves had a few. Who was uh, really good fun and really interested in all the London stuff and said he wanted to come over and play in Europe. Uh, that's obviously something the Panthers aren't going to be doing next season. But I know we're going to talk a lot about the football this week. But that unit and the the fact that they've now renamed themselves Thieves Avenue for the number of balls they steal. So who's who's in who lives on Thieves Avenue then? So I guess Josh Norman, Kurt Coleman. Everybody except for Cartland Finnegan, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's in a cul-de-sac <laughs> <laughs> called Gone to Jail Cul-de-sac because he's, he's, he's rubbish. They all pretend they're right when he comes right. <laughs> <around. laughs> he tried to rent the flat above Kurt Coleman's place, but he got turned down. Didn't have the deposit. I've, I don't know where that was going. Uh, <laughs> great, great housing metaphors, guys. <laughs> Let's see if we can stretch this one out further. Uh, um, there's, but, some, there's some real prime real estate in that secondary, though, isn't there? But it is, it's <laughs> hello. But it, it is amazing how you've got a bunch of guys there. And I, I, I mentioned it to him there. <laughs> God damn it, Roman Harper, who was uh, laughed out of New Orleans, basically. Yep. Charles Tillman cut by the Bears. Josh Norman, a late round pick out of a small school. You've got a bunch of guys who are basically nobodies and they've somehow come together to make that incredible unit and we spoke to Shaq Thompson as well and we spoke to him about the linebacking core as well and we saw Luke Keekley and we saw Thomas Davis and generally the two things I took away from the whole of media day was a just how relaxed and how much fun they were all having yep. but also just really realizing how good this defense is despite it, like so much better than the sum of its parts yeah and I think that's the story for this team overall really um David Gettleman's kind of built the team off everybody with everybody else's trash that's actually really good and turned it into treasure. And the guys you mentioned there are obvious names. Ted Ginn is a remarkable story, and, the, and there are kind of stories like that all over the roster, really. Um, Michael O's another one, just just players who kind of were discarded elsewhere and, and ready for the scrap heap, who have suddenly become legitimate players on a team that went 15 and one is in the Super Bowl. So. And I think one of the main things is, is that. Cam Newton's playing to a level that we all thought he could play at and he he now is and I think that's dragging everyone yeah. be it uh, offence defence what a leader he is 
in its in 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 the team's entirety, and he's dragging those guys up with him. And I think that's a testament to how he has been. Yeah, and a testament to why uh, Ron Rivera is absolutely deserving of Coach of the Year, Liam Blackburn. Sorry. <laughs> Liam is sat typing up his quotes for PA has no intention of joining us on this podcast I might just fade his mic down just not bother there we go he's out of this one he can rejoin us tomorrow <laughs> um, let's see because we mentioned all the different parts they brought together but Shaq Thompson uh, on the uh, in the linebacking core who's joined obviously Thomas Davis Luke Keekley, the best duo in the league and they play a huge amount of nickel on that defence and quite often only play with two linebackers in there now Thomas Davis suffered that arm injury last weekend We've, he's back in training today he seemed to be in very good spirits when I went and spent a bit of time by his podium and listened to him talking so it sounds like he's going to take snaps the weekend but I spoke to Shaq Thompson first of all about joining those guys in that linebacking call but then the idea that maybe he's going to have to step up on Sunday as a rookie in place of such a great player. Shaq, Shaq can we grab a quick second with you I know you're going around filming people and uh, grabbing some interviews of your own but how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I can't explain it. Super Bowl 50, rookie year. You know, but I got to stay humble. I'm enjoying this process. But same thing while we're down here. It's a business trip. And coming in, you said rookie season then. And a linebacking call that's got Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Maybe the best tandem in the league going into the season. In fact, let's say it. Best tandem in the league going into the season. What's that been like for you coming in and working with those guys? I mean, it's great. I get to learn from two of the best in the league. You know, and they teach me so much. Till when I got there, until now, they're still teaching me stuff, teaching me what to pick up on and stuff like that. I mean, they've been tremendous to us rookies, to us younger guys, two-year guys, three-year guys. I mean, they've just been a tremendous help. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe were you a converted safety as well as Thomas. I know Thomas Davis played safety. Did you play some safety in college? Am I right there? Uh, a couple of games I did. Uh, I got converted in my freshman year. I mean, it, it seems you guys do it all. Get in coverage, you can get after the quarterback, get after the run as well. Again, how important is that versatility on the defense? In this day and age with football, it's very, like, very important. Because, you know, there's a lot of teams that run spread stuff, and you need linebackers out there that can play in space. You need players that can play in space, you know. And with TD, you know, I learned a lot from him, you know. That's big brother, him and Luke. You know, and I look up to those guys and great teammates. And we heard a lot about Thomas this week, obviously. Went out the last game with the arm injury, has his injury history. If you need to step up and take more snaps in Super Bowl 50 against Peyton Manning on the biggest stage in the world, are you ready? Yeah, we have that mentality uh, through our whole team. Coach preach it, next man up mentality. One of our guys go down, the next man up. You got to do your job. You got to be 111 for the team. We preach it on defense. You got to be 111 for the defense, meaning you got to do your job. Don't do too many. Don't do other people's jobs. Do your job. And you guys are so good in coverage. Are you also members of Thieves Avenue, or is that just restricted to the safeties, the corners, and those guys? I mean, I play a little nickel. I mean, you got to ask a couple of the thieves. I would call Trey over here, but I don't think I'm a part of Thieves Avenue, you know? <laughs> I like to drive by there, but I don't think I'm a part of Thieves Avenue. That's all well and good. Right, Shaq Thompson there, Carolina Panthers. But media day, we'll get more one-on-one interviews with these sorts of guys as the week goes yep. on that will be a bit more in-depth. There won't be two minutes, quick, quick snatches. I mean, that interview was weird because he was going around with a little camera and interviewing players from his own team <laughs> and then stuck it in my face while I was interviewing him. I won't lie, I got a little bit nervous for a moment. I was a bit, this is weird. Uh, but 
It, the media day thing and whatever they call it now, opening night. I mean, a lot of it was to do with Jerry Rice turning up and getting an absolutely phenomenal response Incredible. from the 49ers fans who were in that stadium and cheering Jerry. And every time he, every time he stood up and did anything, he pulled on a, a Rice jersey at one point and they went absolutely nuts and mm. all that stuff. But there was also some wacky bastards there. Oh, yeah. I, I would say the wackiness was, was considerably less this year than, than previous years. I mean... I actually thought it was quite a reserved media day and there was a lot more space and generally not kind of 25 people on stilts just trying to step on your head. So it, it was a lot less wacky. I mean... An all-night in Hartlepool for Matt Sherry. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> We've been all trying to, to mimic Matt Sherry's accent it's today, impossible. by the way, and it is genuinely... I, I just that laconic Lothario sat opposite me. I just can't do it. They're actually turning the lights off. I think we're going to get kicked out any minute, guys. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. I think maybe they're just trying to get rid of the public in the little fan area, but we have oh. just lost about 50% of the yeah, they, light. They keep going as well. <laughs> they, they're literally... It's, <laughs> when you see warehouse lights go off row by row, that is currently what we are observing. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be open all night. Did you see Miss World? No. No, Miss Universe, sorry, was there. Miss Universe, the one that was crowned the original Miss Universe. Not the first Miss Universe, but the one... Uh, the actual, the Miss, actual Universe, Miss Universe, not the one that was accidentally crowned the, Miss yeah. Universe. The Filipino lady, she was there, and all of the guys that weren't on podiums of the, of the Panthers were lining up to get a photo with her. Which was, I thought that was quite fun. Oh, I, and we got I also would have been lining up to get a photo <laughs> with her, have you told we, well, we were chatting to a lot of the guy. Uh, I, I managed to catch up with a couple of uh, NFL media types as well and, and asked them. I swear, I, uh, Dan Hansus was by yeah, yeah. Um, Luke Keekley's uh, stand when we were there and had a quick chat with him and, and just got an idea from them of what they saw in its previous season. Like you, I think they said, it's madness, but actually it feels a bit tamed down for this. Saw Katie Nolan from a distance. I'm desperate to get her to come and talk to us at some point this week because she's hilarious and brilliant and funny and beautiful. And all of those things together mean I am in love with her. Do you think you She's would be able to talk fan, to her? So I don't think I can yeah. marry her. Yeah, fair enough. I'm afraid that, that you are already married as well, Will. I realise <laughs> you play fast and loose with these kind of rules. <laughs> oh God, dear, oh dear. <laughs> this all comes off the back of people are going to wonder what this is about, right? So uh, uh, my uh, mate Matt, who came to my wedding, lives here in San Francisco. We're going to go meet him for a drink in a little while. He lives, obviously, in San Francisco with his wife, and I suggested that because he works in the evenings, works quite hard, that she could come out and meet us for a drink on other nights when he's not about. And apparently this isn't the done thing up in the north, because, Liam and Matt, the idea of spending time with your friend's wife <laughs> without the said friend there has led to... The thing is, on the, on the email, it wasn't north. us. You said me. Yeah. Well, she doesn't know any of you. She knows me. She sat next to you for like an hour at my wedding. She knows and I was you delightful. a little bit too well, I think, Will. <laughs> so you're going to get a lot of this this week, and I apologise for that uh, right now. But the reason I was mentioning all the wacky stuff is one thing that was great was J.B. Smoove, who we mentioned earlier, from... Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and uh, he was doing it for the Rich Eisen show. He was going around and doing some interviews, and I managed to catch up with him briefly and just get his prediction for what was going to happen with the game this weekend. Uh, yeah, here with JB Smooth. In the UK, you're probably best known for Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's here for the Rich Eisen show. Uh, JB, just tell us your thoughts on this weekend's game. It's going to be amazing, man. It's going to be a battle of wits, a battle of, 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 of determination. It's a great game. Two of the teams who I thought might make it were... were, were, were Two of the four teams I thought might make it, two of them made it here. I'm happy they made it. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be 10-10 at halftime. After the halftime, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know you got a young gun over there named Cam. you got an old, wily veteran named, named Peyton Manning. 
It can go either way, brother. Two great defenses, two great teams, great receivers. It's going to be an amazing game. Right, it's going to uh, uh, go down in history, one of the greatest games ever. Neck on the line, then. Who is it? I don't have it. I, don't, I, I can only tell you halftime. 10-10 <laughs> at the half. Defensive struggle. It will be a deciding score on the goal line, just like last year. But this time, it's going to be a touchdown pass to uh, either a, a – uh, it won't be an interception. One of these guys is going to win this game on that goal line, not lose it on the goal line. JB Smooth, good fun. See? Media Day can be fun. Yeah. I feel like we're all. I, I feel like I was a bit bitter going into it. Can I just ask, right? There's a screen going on behind me that's saying opening night, and Aloe Black appears to be playing on a massive stage. Is that happening in the middle of San Francisco? Yeah, we could be a there. couple of blocks from here, and we yeah. could be watching that rather than sat here listening uh, to Sherry breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it is loud, my Sherry. It is a loud breathe. He is uh, giving you the full-on death stare. Why would you give now. me the death stare? I, I but that's like definitely yellow black. Uh, what's great about San Francisco at the moment is that the it's decked in the the theme colours of black well, and gold. I'm loving it. Here's the thing: you are this is your first Super Bowl yeah. experience. You've been in the city now for um, eight, ten hours. What, uh, what have you thought? What a rambling idiot! <laughs> oh, Ollie, you don't understand. You haven't been here before, like I have. Oh, once again, a Willie Gavin humble brag. If, no, if, if, just, if anybody tries it. to uh, call Will Gavin, there's a there's a very nice answer for a message, <laughs> um, which I listened to for ten seconds of and thought to myself. I wonder how long it'll be before he mentions where he's actually at, and then, then it's just about to come to an end, he goes, and of course I will be eight hours behind in San Francisco. So. That is so overstated as to what I actually said. I think you it was BS. Have you I, changed I, I, your your ringtone? Right. No, sorry, your answer message. I changed message. my answer message because I hate voicemails, and I can't access them when I'm here, and so I just changed it to say, I'm away this week from Monday to next Tuesday. I gave the dates and I said, uh, ideally text me instead of leaving me a voicemail. And if I don't reply immediately, that's because I'm eight hours behind in San Francisco. I thought that was a perfectly reasonable thing. I didn't say at the Super Bowl and make a big deal of that. I just, it was a normal, acceptable voicemail. Rampant ego, man. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you all. Uh, but I'm loving it. it, it the, the city seems to be taking it on. I don't know whether it's, we haven't seen many fans here yet, so... Uh, I think you said uh, from previous experience that the one Super Bowl you went to last year, thanks Liam, uh, that... I've been to two previously. (laughs) (laughs) That fans start trickling in sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Yeah, I mean, sorry to to interrupt Will if he was going to talk there. The the main takeaway, the main, I mean, the only two people I can remember in the day is one a guy who appeared to be a drunk and was carrying a suitcase and fell over in front of me on my feet. And that's Ollie. <laughs> and, and another guy who... Liam Blackburn doesn't talk much, but when he does, it's gold! <laughs> um, and another guy who, as me and Will were just walking forward, was kind of scrambling around towards his pants and then suddenly got his penis out <laughs> and started having a piss against the walls. So and that's Will! <laughs> It's a classy place. So, so yeah, I mean... He was in full... He was almost in a full kit Golden State Warriors wanker, wasn't he? Well, he yeah. came, out, came out of a shop somewhere and said, Oh, I've really got a piss. Uh, I'm gonna piss. <laughs> just did. And then he pissed. And then he pissed. Just pissed against some scaffolds. True to his word. Classy, classy man. Uh, I think that we're not gonna, let's be honest, get a huge amount of high quality analysis out of this podcast. Uh, and there's loads for us to do this week, and we'll have news to report, and we'll have uh, stories and interviews and everything else. And it's, uh, we're gonna have lots of fun, and we hope you join and have fun with us. Obviously, at Gridiron on Twitter and 
Matt Sherry, what I was going to mention at the top of the show before the intro did turn into an entire farce is our exciting new live blog on the Gridiron website. Yeah, we've just started what it's up tonight. It's kind of a, 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 I think they call it in Silicon Valley a beta version tonight. We've done a small version of it. When you say tonight, you mean now. Right now, Because yeah. people will be listening to this and it will be the morning. Yeah, which it is the morning right now. I'm aware of that, but we're talking tonight, so... Yeah, no, I know, I know, when you guys get up and listen to the Gridiron Show, take a look at the website, um, the stuff that we've got on there, a little, little bit of extra audio that isn't in the podcast, and a few other little tidbits from from Super Bowl opening night, and, and we'll be kind of running that from, I guess, about 5pm UK time tomorrow. Something like that, yeah, definitely. And we're going to have audio booms, we're going to have tweets in there, photos, yep. uh, little news updates from things we hear around here, things that uh, interviewees say to us. We've got some great stuff lined up. So all that's going to be really good fun. Um, and uh, let's, I, I guess we just round off the podcast by throwing to an interview that didn't happen here. That happened over in London. Now, uh, obviously, this week is the Super Bowl. I don't know if we mentioned that at any point. We have a Super Bowl party going on at the Bloomsbury Bowl lanes. Uh, tickets are selling fast. We're down to about 100 tickets left. Yep. So do get out there and buy them because those will go in the next few days uh, grid, uh, it's gridiron-magazine.com forward slash Super Bowl 50 you can meet Tory Holt uh, absolute legend seven time pro bowl I mean for me cusp of the hall of fame and because there's that kind of wide receiver backlog with the likes yep. of Marvin Harrison and stuff Terrell he's Holmes, unlikely yeah. to get in uh, in the next couple of years but he's a guy who had a hall of fame quality career he'll be there obviously Super Bowl winner with the Rams Menelik Watson will be there as well the most successful Brit in the NFL so get down that that's going to be really good fun and this weekend in the UK promoting the Super Bowl coverage and also promoting his Washington team travelling over next season to face the Bengals yep thank you just double checking uh, it was Absolutely. Kirk Cousins now, we arranged an interview with Kirk Cousins and then realised that, we that it was about four hours after we have flown out of the UK. So the Guardian's Max Whittle, friend of the show, went down for us and this was his chat with Kirk Cousins. Kirk, thanks for joining Gridiron today. Let's start with the London stuff. So is this your first time in the city? Uh, first time in the city, first time seeing the sights. I'm thrilled to be here. I feel like it's a, it's a uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience that I'm being afforded by the NFL. Do you get time to take in the fact that you're playing a game next season, a regular season game, or is it just another one on the schedule? No, it's pretty unique. It is. I mean, it counts the same as the other games, but to come over to Wembley Stadium and play in London uh, is, like I said, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and something that, uh, uh, you know, I'm so fortunate that the, my job is enabling me the opportunity to get. It's, it's a pretty premier matchup as well with the Bengals next, next season. That's going to be part of a playoff chase, I imagine. Sure. What do you think fans can expect in that game? Uh, it'll be exciting. Uh, the Bengals are one of the better teams in the NFL. I'm sure they'll be favored by a lot of people with how well they've played over the last four or five years. And, um, you know, we'll have our, our hands full. And it's an away game for us, so it'll be interesting to see how the fans treat us or how the fans treat the Bengals being the home team. But um, it'll be a great atmosphere and uh, one that we're excited to be a part of. Have you spoken to any players around the league about playing at Wembley Stadium, first of all? I have. I talked to a teammate of mine who played for the 49ers a few years ago when they came over here and won, and he said it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, they were here for the entire week, and he got to see a lot of the sights, and they were able to win the game. So uh, hopefully we can have a similar experience, but I'm really looking forward to it and, and feel like our, our team and our coaches and our staff will be really excited for this opportunity. The order of players, usually one team will come on Monday, the other will come on Friday. Do you expect to come early or late, and would you rather see the sights so spend a whole week here? I was told we're going to come on Thursday, and uh, that will give us you know, a little bit of time to get adjusted, but really not as much. So 
Um, that's my understanding, and, and we'll roll with that. Uh, but uh, what I guess you learn to just in this league react to whatever you're told to do. If you leave on Monday, if you leave on Saturday, if you leave on Thursday, you, you roll with it. And uh, fortunately for us, being a, a team in Washington, D.C., it's not nearly as long of a flight as it is for somebody coming from the West Coast. So uh, it gives us a good opportunity to get adjusted more quickly and then hopefully play well. All right, let's get right into it. The Packers' defeat in the playoffs. How did you go about reviewing that game? Oh, you know, right away. Uh, that night, you know, I, I like to go back and watch the film and then the following morning go back and watch it again and, uh, you know, see what went wrong. And it was tough because you felt like we, we felt like we let plays get away from us. And you always have that in a win or a loss. There are a few plays you want back, and there were certainly those in the game. And, um, you know, it was great to have a home playoff game and win the division, but we certainly came away upset that we fell short and, and weren't able to get that win. With that momentum that you'd built up from the, the Buccaneers uh, game, did you feel like you, you should have gone on and beat the Packers? Was it just one of those days? Uh, you know, both teams are good. When you get to the playoffs, anything can happen, and uh, the team that, that plays the, the, the best football will win, and that day we just didn't do it. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't make enough plays, and, and the Packers did, and, you know, it can go either way. And, um, you know, only one team at the end of the season is going to truly be happy, and that's the winner of Super Bowl 50. So uh, we joined one of the other 31 teams that at the end of the year just don't, don't feel great about what took place. Did you feel like Washington as a city was re-energized by the football team this season? Because it was ultimately a successful year. I do think we, if you you know, want to say, took a step in the right direction. I think that uh, the fan base is excited. I think there's belief. I think there's an expectation now going forward that, that we can win consistently. And um, you know, our challenge now as players and as, as a staff uh, and the organization is to continue to do that, is to be consistent and to produce a winning team year in and year out that our city and our fan base can be proud of and um, our fans are, are really dying to cheer for us and, and we want nothing more than to give them something to cheer about so we'll work very hard to get that done. What did you make of the criticism this year of the NFC East It was labelled as the worst division of football? What did you make of that and the matchups that you play within the division? Yeah I think um, in the NFL there's a lot of parity so you're going to have teams that you know are up and down and, and one week are brilliant and the next week struggle. I mean that's the NFL. Uh, I believe if you look at the Giants and the Eagles, they both finished seven and nine, if I understand it uh, correctly. So, you know, while they weren't above 500 at the same time, it wasn't like they were three and and uh, 13. You know, they were still solid football teams that beat a lot of good teams. Um, and as well as the Dallas Cowboys, who I think you know were a very good football team, they had some injuries. They lost their their quarterback. They lost their best receiver for much of the season. And, and when that happens to any team, you know, it's going to be tough to win. So. Um, I, I think you know part of it was unlucky, and another part of it is just I think you can explain away by the parity of the league. And there's no doubt that uh, uh, you know we only had one team finish over 500. But um, you play your schedule, you do what you can, and uh, just try to get to the playoffs any way possible. And have you taken suit the fact that Chip Kelly and Tom Coughlin are both now out of the division? Do you keep track of that at all? Does it affect you anyway? I think it's important to know the coaches you're playing against, to understand their schemes. You want to be familiar with your opponent and. Uh, that includes your coaches. So whether it's Coach McAdoo now uh, or Coach Peterson now, I mean, you got to be familiar with your opponent. And um, um, now that Coach Kelly is, is with the 49ers, if, while he's not in schedule next year and future years, we've got to be ready for him too. So um, you study your opponent, and that includes the coaches and the schemes you play. Sean McVay, do you think he's one of the more underrated coordinators in the league? Yeah, Sean's a very talented coordinator, very talented play caller, very sharp, great leader, and uh, I expect you know his coaching career to continue to go uh, you know go forward in a, in a positive direction, and 
Um, I feel fortunate to be coached by him and to be in his offense, and I think it's an offense and a system and a coaching staff that gives me a great chance to be successful, and that's really all you can ask for. How hard is it to learn your scheme? Because the run game wasn't too great this season, and, and you've got a lot of, lot of different routes, a lot of different receivers. How hard is it to, to break into that playbook? I think any, any scheme, you know, you can learn it on paper. You can get talented at drawing it up on the whiteboard, but ultimately you've got to be able to execute it in real time, going full speed, and that's the hard part is transitioning from talking about it in a, in a, in a room where it's calm and, and sterile and going out to a field where everything is, feels like bullets are flying, and uh, that takes time. I think actually learning the X's and O's and literally being able to, to, to you know, write them out, it doesn't necessarily take that long, but I think the ability to then translate it to full speed playing the game takes a long time and it takes experience and that's why playing this past year was so valuable for me. I read on the MMQB yesterday that you like to, when you've thrown a pass in practice, you will show the receivers that didn't receive the ball where you were looking just to keep everyone involved. Well, how important is that relationship with your wide receivers? Oh, it's extremely important to have a good relationship with your teammates, specifically your wide receivers and the guys catching the football for you. I'm only as good as they are and so it's important to have a constant communication with them and let them know how much I value uh, their input and, and their ability and there's five eligible receivers in every play, and so any pass play, you got four guys who, who weren't even targeted, and then you got one guy who may or may not end in a completion. So uh, you've got to keep those other four guys understanding, you know, what how they fit, what part of the game they're involved in, and sometimes on a play they're the assist. You know, I need them to go run a different way to get the defender to go with them to open up somebody else, and while they're not the one getting the ball, they're creating the assist and creating the opportunity. So you want to make sure they understand that and keep them very involved. Your relationship with Jordan Reed, tight end, how has that evolved over the last season? Uh, it's been an easy relationship for me because Jordan's so talented, and um, he continues to get open uh, when he's been playing and staying healthy. Our offense has been at a different level, and he's a game changer and a player that I hope to play with for a long time. Um, I think he's a great teammate, and uh, I look forward, hopefully, to being able to play with him for a long time because of uh, how talented he is and the great teammate that he is. Do you like that game? which has become famous all around the internet. Um, walk me through that moment, first of all, the situation where you've come off the field. Just talk us through that. Well, being down 24 nothing, and, and obviously being in a rough spot and then being able to come back and win 31-30 to and win in the last seconds of the game was a special moment for our team and for our organization. And then uh, coming off the field at that same time, I'm walking in the locker room and just in a moment of passion and excitement, I, I yelled it and um, didn't realize a camera was rolling. And... I guess in the NFL you should always know the cameras are rolling, but um, got caught on camera, didn't realize it, and I didn't notice how far it had traveled until I got to my car and people uh, in my family were telling me that they had seen it blow up all over their phones. So uh, I guess it was uh, you know, a fun thing that um, you know, I couldn't believe caught on so quickly. How much of it came down to a relief in, in the fact that you were second fiddle for a long, long time and now you're starting quarterback? How much did that play into it? Uh, I think, uh, you know, my past experiences have certainly played a role in, in my approach and in my perspective. Um, I've gained a lot of valuable experience as a result of, of what I've gone through. And, um, you know, it was just a moment more, I think, just coming off a big win and, uh, you know, feeling like we had taken a step or turned a corner. And as you look at the rest of the season, we certainly did that. I mean, our, our play after that game was, was remarkably different from the first few games and it's really the moment that our season turned. Now Robert Griffin III, he, Washington moved up a lot in the draft to select him and you were selected in the fourth round. How do you go about approaching 
business day to day first of all when you know that the team has really gone all in on a quarterback that's playing ahead of you I I think the key in this league whether you're the starter or the backup first round pick seventh round pick uh, just barely scraping to make the team or or set for life I think the key is to just focus on your job stay in your lane do what do what you're asked to do on a daily basis and work on becoming the best player you can be and let everything else that you can't control be in someone else's hands and don't spend a, a moment of time worrying about that and I think when I've done that uh, I've been able to play well and grow as a player quickly. What's Robert been like around the facility this season? Uh, he's been great he's, he's been positive he's been a good support and uh, just continued to uh, to uh, put the team first and um, you know I think that's a, a part of why our team has been successful. You have an important summer with the contract and everything else how does that how does that work how does that go down? It's my first time going through this process, so I don't know that I even can explain it to you very well. But uh, um, you know, it's a it's a, a exciting process because for me, my work is done. Uh, my job was to play football well. My job was to put a product on the field that gives them reason to want me back. And now the ball's in their court, and they can make the decision of do they want me back. But uh, uh, my job was to play football well. And now that the season's over, my job's done, and uh, we'll see what uh, what they have planned going forward. Now going to the Super Bowl, um, you played the Panthers in Week 11. How do you prepare for that defense, first of all? I mean, that defense has given people trouble all year long. And even in their one loss, uh, it, it was a game that wasn't high, highly scoring. And uh, uh, you know, they've, they've been pretty dominant all season long. I think they have good leadership from Luke Keekley and talented players in every position. And when you have that, it gives you a great chance to be successful. So I expect them to give the Broncos offense a challenge. But uh, fortunately for the Broncos, their defense is pretty good as well, and maybe even better. And as a result, I think it's going to create for a low-scoring game with uh, you know, two really talented defenses that have gotten those teams there to the championship game. And uh, it's interesting to see you know, who can come out on top. And when you look downfield against Carolina with that, those safeties, a great defense, how does your read progression go? Well, it certainly is a challenge with the coverages they play, the way they mix things up, the pressures that they'll bring. I mean, when you look at the game we played against them, they clearly had our number and we had five turnovers. And turnovers in any football game, including the Super Bowl, will, will impact the outcome. So um, my advice to Peyton Manning and the Broncos would be to protect the football and, uh, and not turn it over. And if you do that, I think you got a chance because we did move the ball when we weren't turning it over. We, I think we moved the football fairly well. And... Um, you know, we just have, didn't protect the football well enough, and that put us in a hole that we just simply couldn't get out of. What have you made of Cam Newton's progression this season? I think around the time you played him, Newton was being talked of as the future MVP this season. Do you think he deserves that award, and, and how much has he come on this year? Uh, he's certainly deserving of MVP award. I'm sure there are other players who you could argue uh, for that award, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that he'll win it. Um, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback playing on a, on a top football team, and um, you know, there's stability there. He's had the same head coach his whole career. Um, he's had, you know, a, a great defense, a great running game. And he, to his credit, has stepped up and just played at a very high level this year. And, um, you know, it's exciting. It's good for the NFL to have a guy like that who's very entertaining, very fun to watch, a lot of personality. I think that's a good thing for this league. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm excited to watch him as everybody else is on Super Bowl Sunday. Is this Peyton Manning's last hurrah, do you think? I don't know. Uh, he certainly has alluded to that, and people have alluded to that. Um, be interesting to see. I think the result of the game may affect the decision. Uh, win or loss, may, may, depending on how the game goes, could impact his desire to come back. But he certainly has had an unbelievable career, and I'm certainly pulling for him and would like to see him go out on top. 
I know this is a bit of a touchy situation, but the Washington Redskins football name is, is all in the news at the moment. What do you think the UK fans' reaction, the media would be, to first of all the name that it is now and going forward, whether it will change or not? I don't know. I think it's up to each individual person to kind of decide for themselves how they feel about it. But, uh, you know, I kind of stay in my lane and just uh, let the team, the decision makers, you know, make those decisions and know that my job is to play football well and it's not to decide what the name is or what number I have or what the colors of the jersey are. I'll just let those decisions get made by the right people and instead I'll handle my job of playing football well. So I uh, just try to focus on my job and let other people control what they're supposed to control. I hear you read a lot of books as well. I do like to read, I do. You get up early to, to do that during the season? Uh, during the season, that's really my time. I, I have a good routine going where I would get up early and, and spend, you know, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes, just having some quiet time of reading. And uh, during the off season, there's a little more time where I can catch up reading on planes and uh, different places like that. But um, it's good to read. I think it helps open up my mind and give me good experiences. It ultimately helped me as a quarterback. How's your father doing? Uh, my dad's doing well. Thanks for asking. He's uh, continuing to heal up, and every report has been good since uh, his recovery and his treatment. And we're praying for continued uh, uh, healing and, and uh, for reports going forward that show no cancer. So we're going to keep praying. You had a special relationship on the, the game when you gave him the match ball. Yes. Just explain what he's done for you growing up and, and your continued relationship with your father. I'm very fortunate to have the dad that I have. Um, been very involved in my life. He's been a coach for me as a kid, and uh, he was a sports fan growing up, so it's fun for him to be involved in our uh, in our play and, and, and come to games and, and see me getting to live my dream. So we feel just so fortunate to be in the position we're in as a family and to have the opportunity that I've had this past year, and it was a dream come true. And uh, just was a great opportunity for me in his first game back, uh, first game seeing me play that season to uh, be able to give him that football and uh, just thank him. And um, we're hoping that there are many more games like that in the future that are successful. Please don't sit on the fence. Uh, Super Bowl prediction? Super Bowl prediction. Uh, my heart says to go with the Broncos because I'd like to see Peyton finish on top if it is truly his last game. My head says to go with the Panthers because of how talented they are and how much they've dominated the NFL all season long. So. Uh, with how talented the two defenses are, I predict the Panthers uh, to win in a low-scoring game, something like 17-10. to 10. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out, but I, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Kirk Cousins there with Max Whittle. I'd love to tell you exactly what that interview contained, but I haven't listened to it yet at the <laughs> time we're let's, recording this. Let's instead of that. So, <laughs> we know that he mentioned about Cam in there, so let's lay that into something Oh, nice. Good. He also, well, he talked about preparing for that Panthers defense. He talked about Cam Newton and the level yep. he's playing at. And he talks about wanting Peyton Manning yep. to go out on a high. So, okay, outside of the hard analysis, which will obviously be coming the rest of this week, and we've got lots to talk about with this game, just as a snapshot, particularly after we've just spent that time with the Panthers today, go around the table. Who do you want to win this Super Bowl and why Ollie Hunter? Cam Newton. That's not... Cam Newton can't literally <laughs> win the Super Bowl on his own. Uh, right, sorry. I, I was, all I was <laughs> thinking about was Cam Newton. I want the Panthers to win because I don't think Peyton Manning deserves to win a Super Bowl on the back of his play over the last 18 months. And I, I think it would be annoying. Is there, is there an issue with the quality of uh, Peyton Manning's throws? What's the, the issue of the quality of Peyton Manning's everything at the moment? Would you much rather see him throw some... Tight spiral balls? I just realised I haven't used any of these for the whole show, so I just wanted to use one. Um, I also missed out on a chance when we talked about Tory Holt to do... Ram it. Ram it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, 
I, I kind of feel like this is going to be the same feeling around the table. Is there, Sherry, are you leaning Panthers? Is there any part of you that wants to see Peyton go out on that high? Because right now I'm genuinely torn. I like the Panthers more probably as a team, but I think that's because I've been swept up a bit by the Panthers. And actually, when I think about that Broncos defense, I think about both the quality and the characters on it. Actually, I really like them as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of 70 30 the other way. Um, I'd quite like to see Peyton win it, and that's somebody who's obviously kind of hated him <laughs> as a which will change to 30-70 as of tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the classic no. sherry switcheroo <laughs> I, mean, I mean I agree with you um, Ollie I, I don't think he's played well enough in the last 18 months to justify winning the Super Bowl but I think he's played well enough over his is it nearly 18 year now career to probably win a second one I mean it, it's not a prerequisite he's, he's already one of the best quarterbacks of all time certainly the best regular season mm. quarterback of all time and unlike someone like Dan Marino he has got a ring anyway but yeah I, th- I think it'd be a nice story I think it'd be a nice story if Cam won at that kind of pass another baton it'd be, it'd be nice as well I, I honestly think it's a bit of a no-lose Super Bowl I, I don't think I don't it's think there's the, any the, winner that would upset people. It's I think. the exact opposite of my <laughs> feeling year. towards last year's <laughs> Super Bowl yeah. when I desperately wanted somehow for both teams to lose uh, Liam Blackburn, you've not said anything because you've been busy actually doing real work, but here is your opportunity. Tell us uh, both your feelings on the day and who you want to win Super Bowl 50. Uh, I'm a man of few words, um, but I'm very much of the opinion which Matt just held, which he appears to have just conjured up over the past 24 hours <laughs> compared to <laughs> his previous view that he didn't want Denver to win at all costs. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly ambivalent as well. I think it's... As, as someone who appreciates good defences as well, Denver's clearly been the best in the league this year and the game plan that Wade Phillips put on Tom Brady and the Patriots last week was, was fantastic to watch and I'm fascinated to see what he's going to prepare for, for Cam in, on, in Sunday's game. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you can't help but love the Panthers and how much enjoyment and, and love they get out of the game and, and they're a team that I think we're all sort of rooting for as well so what we'd love to hear from people is over the next couple of days obviously who they want to win the Super Bowl but just get in touch with us on Twitter ask questions anything that you want to know about what's going on out here just general chats and opinion we'll be getting some guest hosts on hopefully as well we'll have plenty of interviews to play out there'll be loads going on over the next week so hit us up at Gridiron on Twitter respond to the live blog as well I think you can do a comments on there yeah you can and I think what's I think what's going to be good with the live blog if if people are just kind of working up on the morning and obviously the eight hour time difference means this is a slightly different Super Bowl experience a great place to just log on and kind of scroll through it's light hearted but you'll kind of see all the big stories that you've missed um, over the course of the evening so yeah I think that's I think the first thing you should do in the morning is read through the live blog and then download the Gridiron Show and hopefully we'll be able to keep you up to date with everything that's happening every day. Good shout. Obviously keep checking out our good friends at Sports Travel Tours as well. Sportstraveltours.com. They've, they've made it so we can be out here bringing you yep. all this coverage and doing all this. And honestly, we're going to be doing our tour next year and it's going to be so much fun. Uh, really, really looking forward to it. So we'll chat plenty over the week. Uh, we want you to be interacting with us as well and we'll bring you all that on the podcast. Otherwise, any final thoughts, gentlemen? I want to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling that as well. But I, 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 I'm looking forward to, to seeing your mate, brother of Radek Cherny, or Cerny, uh, a bit later on. Will his wife be joining us? <laughs> <laughs> Not if he's there. <laughs> yeah.
I just wanted to play. I thought uh, that Ollie was going to give us a whole sob story about how tired he was. That's why that kind of faded oh. in there. But uh, you desperately look like you need something. In fact, Richard Graves bumped into him earlier, tried to, avoided speaking to him for too long at all, just shook his hand and said, hello, mate, just chasing an interview. Speak to you later. When he messaged me online saying something about our wills here or whatever, I said, yeah, sorry, it was very brief. And he went, yeah, you did look knackered, mate. I even went back to the hotel and had a spruce up, just, which didn't last that long. Just because we are so <laughs> blessed with makeup for Hadders <laughs> So thank you so much for listening, as always. Grid, at Gridiron on Twitter, gridiron-magazine.com for the live blog. It'll be up there right at the top of the screen each day. Otherwise, uh, thank you so much for listening, and love you, bye. And we promise that the rest of them will be much better than that. <laughs>